0: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life.
1: No purchase necessary. BGW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
2: Before we begin, if you like what you hear on Mile High Report Radio Podcast, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and go ahead and click subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.
1: You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now, it's time to get to work.
2: Well, Ian, uh, the start of this podcast is going to be interesting, to say the least. It is... It's draft. It's never a
3: boring time with the Broncos. (laughs) I guess not.
2: It'd be nice if it was a winning time, but we'll maybe get to that sometime in the future. I I don't know. Anyway, we're supposed to be talking about the draft. We're supposed to be focused on uh, Justin Fields to, to the Broncos, and I'm supposed to say, bring me Justin Fields. And instead, I'm sitting here shaking my head because the NFLPA issued a statement for the Denver Broncos essentially saying that, they don't want to go to the facility for voluntary workouts because of the COVID nineteen pandemic. Even okay. though
3: they've been going to the facility throughout the off season. Thank
2: you. I think it was twenty two players. I believe I believe that's the number. Just three three short of the Cowboys twenty five, which was the most this off season. Okay, fine. But it's too dangerous. Too dangerous. Absolutely. For voluntary workouts, yep. but not too
3: dangerous to do off workout and uh, get training medical work with the with the training facility with the training professionals like that that's not too dangerous nope. but doing voluntary workouts in yeah, volu- yeah voluntary workouts is too dangerous it's scary it's
2: scary it's a scary time i ha- i i got to say and and here's here's the issue i have with my initial reaction uh, goes, goes pretty, you know, I'm zero to a hundred real quick is, is sort of, you know, I always, my wife always tells me, why do you get so angry so fast? Probably because it's all pent up aggression and eventually it just pops, but that's a mental my wife health. That's the same thing, yeah. which is that's ironic. That's a, a mental health issue that I probably need to deal with versus anything else. But here, here's the, here's the, the rub of it all as, as someone who goes to work every day and sees uh, about 165 individuals throughout the day. Because I'm a teacher and I teach junior high and I, I, don't, I have different classes every hour. I, I sit in a room with these kids with poor ventilation, with two little tiny little slit windows that I leave open. And I wear a mask and the kids wear a mask and some of them don't wear them right and yada, yada, yada. And, and I go to school and I, and I earn about the same amount in a, in, a, in a school year that a lot of these guys earn in a game check. And I know I'm talking about the big earners uh, because I'm a big earner too as a teacher. That's right. I'm making a whole five figures. And it just hits you wrong. That, that's really the issue. This is a PR, PR nightmare for the NFLPA and for the Denver Broncos because they come out and they, and they do something like this when a couple of things are going on. One, kids are back in schools and people are at risk. Doctors and nurses have been in hospitals this entire time and have been at risk. You have food service workers. You have uh, construction workers. You have... People who are deemed essential workers. I think I think of the, the meme of the guy at Baskin-Robbins wearing the, I think it's Baskin-Robbins wearing the big Baskin-Robbins outfit with the thing that says, how am I an essential worker? It's a great question. Why are you dressed up like a mascot as an essential worker? You have the NBA, the MLB, Major League Baseball, and the NHL with largely safe facilities. I know there was an issue with the Vancouver Canucks and they had to close things down for a while. I know we we will see that. We saw it last year with COVID-19 issues popping up. We have examples of this working. And, and I'm the first person to say it's a very deadly, very dangerous disease that we need to take seriously. But these these gentlemen have decided to come out and say, we don't want to do these voluntary workouts. Now, here's, here's what I'll tell you. I believe they don't want to do these voluntary workouts and I'm fine with that. You don't want to work out. Don't work out. It's voluntary, but don't tell me, don't tell me it's because of the pandemic. Don't tell me it's because you're afraid of COVID-19 when there's a vaccine out there that's readily available. Now I'm vaccinated. I will, I will say I have my vaccine. The school district I work for made sure that we had it and we were supplied with it and we, we got it and I do feel safer, but it's not the only thing that, that puts an into it. And so you have to pay attention. I get that, but the vaccine is out there. I think I saw Scotty mention the Yankees all on Wednesday got vaccinated last week. Every single player on the Yankees got vaccinated. So you're telling me that the Denver Broncos, a a team with players that could afford to pay for the vaccine if they needed to, won't just get vaccinated. You're telling me that the NFLPA doesn't think it's a good idea in a deadly pandemic to require their members to, to be vaccinated. But instead they should say, you know what? We don't want to show up for voluntary workouts. You don't want to show up for voluntary workouts. That's fine. It's voluntary. You don't want to do the, the, the voluntary workouts. You don't want to practice. I'm fine with that, but don't, don't tell me it's because of this. Don't give me that because that is a slap in the face to all of these people. And I understand it's a system that's flawed. And I I know people are going to say, well, maybe it's the system you should be mad about. I am mad at the system. Maybe it's the, you know, the way that people are, I, I'm mad at the whole thing, but when you're, I'm going to, I'm going to use this word and I don't want to, cause it's not fair. But when you have, when you're entitled like this as a, as a professional athlete and you have access to the best healthcare, access to the vaccine, access to rehabilitation centers, access to all of these hyper-technological things, and you can be as, as safe as possible. And then you issue a statement like this. Ooh, man, it just, I just, I can't, I cannot support this. And, it, and, and I, again, if, if Brandon McManus had come out and said, you know what guys, we don't want to practice because we don't think there's any value in these voluntary workouts. And that's why we don't want to do it. And the NFLPA is against voluntary workouts. And so we're not going to show up done. I'm with you. I'm fine with that. They're voluntary. Who cares what you want to do? You, you decided to make it about a virus that's killed 600,000 people in the United States. You decided to make it about something that absolutely is dangerous and deadly, but you have you played an entire season last year through COVID-19 protocols, but you can't show up for these practices because of it. That's the slap in the face. You don't want to practice? Don't practice. I don't care. I don't care. You're 5-11. It don't matter to me. But don't tell me it's because of this, because there's too many people who have suffered, who have dealt with, who have been in the mud of it all. And you're and you're telling me it's too dangerous. But but really the truth is, and I think we all know it, they just don't want to practice. And, and, and that would be fine. That would be fine. But that's not what you said. Here endeth the rant.
3: And that's the problem I have with it. It's not that they don't want to work out. It's the fact that they're skirting it and using COVID-19 as an excuse to not want to work out. When a team leader is down in Mexico partying, but it's too dangerous to do a workout that's voluntary. It's not too dangerous to fly to Mexico and party and not wear a mask. It's too dangerous to go and do a voluntary workout. That's the hypocrisy that drives me crazy. The other thing that bothers me is all we have heard all offseason from members of the Broncos is how not having OTAs last year impacted how they performed on the field. We heard it from Bradley Chubb, Justin Simmons, Tim Patrick, Drew Locke saying not having OTAs really hurt us. That's why we went five and eleven. Yeah. Now they have a chance to get on the field and voluntarily work out, having, as you said, the ability to go get a COVID-19 vaccine if they want. But no, it's too dangerous to work out. After saying all offseason how important OTAs is. Now, I completely get it. I think people are making a bigger deal about OTAs voluntary 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 workouts than they should but it's the players saying how important they were and they didn't have them last year and now they get the chance to do it and they're still not going to show up you can't have it both ways you can't say how important they are and how it was a big issue for our success and then have them and say, "No, we're still not going to show up." It's just the, the hypocrisy of all of this is what bothers me. Just flat out come out say we don't want to do voluntary workouts. I, I love the simple. fact that
2: yeah, it's simple. They, they said, and they also say in their statement that play league-wide play was 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 better last year than it had ever been, or something like that. I, I should have. I should look at the actual statement, but the statement essentially Here says, it despite it. having a virtual offseason last year, the quality
3: of play across the NFL was better than ever by almost every measure. Except and when,
2: in Denver.
3: And when even Mike Kliss will then tweet, maybe across the NFL, but thought we said no otas hurt young broncos that's mike Kliss. mike
2: cliss that's the team's mouthpiece if you if you want to you know be mean about it and and he is and good for him he's earned that right i guess but i i, I don't want i don't want this to be the only thing that that sort of it becomes all encompassing of what we talk about and, and the focus that we have on this team but how can it not how can it not? And I and I do believe, and I, I you know I've seen some things. It's not just the Broncos, right? The NFLPA released this statement for the Broncos. Fine, whatever. But it's going to be other teams as well, and and fine, Seattle whatever. Seattle Seahawks are one of them. Yes, the Seahawks are one. Thank you. But it just continues to show that it is it is like out you of said. Touch. It's it's just out of yeah. It's out of touch with what's really going on in the world, and when you have guys on the team who who then also trumpet this idea of what's not real.
3: Alexander Johnson, middle linebacker for the Denver Broncos,
2: who called it a planned pandemic. And quite frankly, Alexander Johnson, to come out when Ed Donatel spent uh, uh, how how much time in the hospital with COVID-19? Unable to even get out? I mean, on a ventilator? It's... To, to come out and say, well, it's not real. You, you don't, you know that John Elway and Joe Ellis had COVID-19. You understand that people in your inner circle were affected by it. And then to come out and say, this is a planned pandemic planned by who? If you're a conspiracy theorist nut job, who doesn't think that the 600,000 people who have died and the number is only going to go up are you're, you're spitting on their graves. You are tarnishing their memories. You are ignoring the fact that they were actually affected by this. And I'm sorry, 600,000 people. If something like that happened in one fell swoop, in one day, this country would be in an absolute uproar. We would be 100% united behind whatever cause it was that we needed to go and destroy. But it was 600,000 people over the course of a year How is that not, how, uh, Ian, I'm sorry. I cannot understand how people would choose to essentially spit on the graves of those who have died to say that this isn't real. And I quite frankly have decided as we sit here that I would rather not have someone like Alexander Johnson playing for the Broncos because it will make it harder for me to enjoy the good things that they do because he because he's ignoring all of those deaths and saying that they're not real saying that it's fake saying that it's planned how is that helpful how is that going to fix anything how is that going to make anybody safer it's not
3: or the people who have suffered from the virus who haven't died i have family members who have had it i have friends who have had it i had it was it fake didn't feel fake was it planned nope didn't want it i mean eric delala who is the lead writer for for the denver broncos for bron for denverbroncos.com actually tweeted spreading unfounded conspiracy theories not only minimizes that loss it's also dangerous amen thank you to eric for tweeting that as the lead writer for the broncos for denverbroncos.com cuz it needs to be said it is dangerous
2: okay I think let's should we should we leave it at that and uh, and shift gears? Should we should we downshift a little bit and maybe try and talk about real football for a little bit? <laughs> yes. <laughs> we're, we're a little fired up here, but I I I think with cause, but also there there are things going on and uh stuff that we should discuss and so I'm actually going to I'm going to say let's take a commercial break. Let's go ahead and throw it to break and come back and listen to to talk about the Broncos and, and actual football stuff that that isn't what we just got done ranting about.
1: The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch-ch-chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: All righty, and we got a little heated back there. Uh, took, a, took a bit of a, a turn on the old off-ramp of, of the real world, but let's go back to uh, the NFL and start talking about the draft. Uh, because it is I'll say
3: really quickly before to interrupt to make it even worse I still can't watch the Colorado Avalanche
2: That's true it's still a thing I I love that you and I have this like I I live in the Chicagoland area I think I've seen more Avalanche games than you have and I'm not even trying like I don't even seek them out they just they just show up here it's crazy it's, whereas Yeah, yeah that,
3: that that's how sad it is that it's, it's a Stanley cup there. favorite the best team in the NHL can't watch them. Yeah, because well, of altitude and Comcast.
2: Well, the altitude will get you too, because it's really high up. And oh, you mean the channel? I got you. I'm with you. I understand. They really should figure that out. Anyway, let's let's take a look at the draft a little bit. But I know I know that most of us, uh, who most of you who listen to this show and and many of the people in Broncos country, you might be quarterbacked out. You you may be done talking about Justin Fields. You may have. Uh, finished your analysis and decided on on wanting Justin Fields, but think you're not going to get him or whatever. Let's do a little, let's do let's do a little uh, a little exercise here. Let's pretend we live in a world where uh, Kyle Shanahan has been playing with us this whole time, which he may well have been playing with us, or he may just change his mind and he drafts Justin Fields. Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch walk up on draft night, with the third pick. In the 2021 NFL Draft, San Francisco 49ers select Justin Fields. Everybody panics. The whole world explodes. What are you going to do? And I guess the question is, what do the Denver Broncos do if at number three the guy who they covet, and I believe that guy is Justin Fields, is is no longer available? What what direction do they go? Which way do they run?
3: Well, after I get done weeping, I probably I vomiting a
2: little too, a little dry heaving.
3: I think you see what the Falcons do at four. You see what the Bengals do at five. You see what the Dolphins do at six. That I think those three picks are going to give you an idea of what could potentially be there at nine, and whether or not you stand pat and you draft a cornerback, whether it's Sertan from uh, Alabama or uh, the cornerback from Florida State. Or uh, potentially Pene Sewell is going to be there. And that would solve a lot of the problems, and I think it would make tackle bros go away because they have the left tackle and Garrett Bowles. Pene Sewell could come in, and whether or not he takes over the right tackle position from Jawan James, maybe he takes a season and learns from Mike Munchak, Chris Cooper, and, and Jawan James. I think that will be how George Payton plays it out. And I think that's what he's going to do anyway. I think he's waiting to see what happens at number three. Is the whole talk of the 49ers trading up to select Mac Jones, has that all been one big diversion, even though literally everyone has said they're using it to take Mac Jones? I, I mean, in horse tracks, I think it was this... Not this last weekend, but the weekend prior to that, it was Dan Patrick. Dan Patrick has tuned in to basically everyone in the NFL, and he said it's for Mac Jones. So we'll see. I I, I still have no idea what Kyle Shanahan is going to do. I mean, we are in line season right now, but they moved up to number three like a month ago. So it will be interesting.
2: I keep going back to that move and, and the genius of it. And I I don't know about the the compensation and whatnot. And I don't want to get into the whole, well, they gave up too much or they, you know, whatever, or it was a steal. Who knows, right? But the genius of the move was they knew they weren't going to get to one or two, right? The the first pick and the second pick, the Jags were going Trevor Lawrence, the Jets were gonna take whichever quarterback they wanted after that, and it, it looks like it's gonna be Wilson out of BYU. And so the move up to three is we get our pick of everybody else. We get our pick of Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, Kyle Pitts, Penny Sewell. You, you pick your guy, Jamar Chase. It doesn't matter. San Francisco put themselves in a position to control their own destiny as much as possible. Would they have liked to have had Trevor Lawrence? Probably. Sure, we all would love to have the first pick in this draft. Trevor Lawrence would be phenomenal. But Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch took the opportunity to say, you know what, we're going to move up and we're going to get into position to get the guy that we know is going to make our team better moving forward. And there's two trains of thought there with that, and I I think you're you're right. You do have the Denver Broncos thought of, well, we can sit back and let the draft come to us and wait and on draft day we can have deals in place with other teams and we can be looking at moving up and looking at moving back or just taking what's available at nine and and go from there. I, I think that that is certainly a direction to go. I just would love if the Denver Broncos front office would do stuff like the 49ers just did and say, you know what? We know what we want. It doesn't matter if everybody else knows what we want, right? It doesn't matter if we all know that it's Mac Jones or if we all think it might be somebody else. None of that matters. But just the idea of we know what we want and so we're going to guarantee, practically guarantee that we get what we want by trading up to that spot where nobody can take anything away from us. Nobody can move up ahead of us unless they put together some sort of crazy monster package that probably wouldn't fit under the the, the league rules, right? Because you can't trade multiple drafts away or whatever. There's rules about that. So th- what they did really was they just took advantage. And it's a different way of looking at things. Some people like to sit and wait. Some people like to act. I get it. I am I understand. In this particular position, though, at nine, the Broncos are well suited to either move up or move back because there's going to be players at nine that other teams are going to want, that other teams will will want to move up for, which would allow them to get some draft capital. And there's going to be players that they might want that nine isn't too far back. And you said it last week when we recorded and uh, brought up the fact that Atlanta doesn't want to go to 15 where New England is at. You know, there's no way that they're going to go so far back that they can't get that top-level talent. So the team that makes the most sense, if it's not Carolina anymore because they traded for Sam Darnold, it's got to to be the Broncos, right? I don't see Cincinnati moving. I don't see the Dolphins moving unless they get, you know, some sort of, you know, big trade with a team. So maybe George Payton knows that and he's willing to just wait and he doesn't have enough love for Justin Fields or another quarterback or another player that would make him devastated that he wasn't able to pick him with the ninth pick in the draft. If he's there at nine, they'll take him. If he's not there, they'll do something else. I kind of think that's where they're at. I don't think they feel like they have to move up. I just wish they would. I wish they would move up. I wish they would say, you know what, we're moving up to four. We're moving up to four. We're going to make a big deal, and we're going to get our guy, and we're going to go get the guy that's left. And the hope is that it's Fields. If it's not, I I don't really know what you do after that. I don't know what to do.
3: There's one scenario with the 49ers that has been thrown out by some, and I think people have just brushed it aside because they don't think that it's actually real. What if Kyle Shanahan, who thinks three-dimensionally and knows what kind of offense he can have, because we've talked about this when we talked about the New England Patriots a couple of years ago, when they had both Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski... What if Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch moved up to number three to take Kyle Pitts and you pit Kyle Pitts
2: with George Kittle? Ooh, little little pairing of of power there. I like that. That would be that would Jimmy Garoppolo would like that, I think. I think Jimmy Garoppolo would, would love that. Um I, I could see that. I guess it depends on the confidence that Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch have in Jimmy Garoppolo being Better than he was in 2020, uh, good enough in 2019 to get to a Super Bowl, but not good enough to win it. And so, yeah, I could see I could see that as an opportunity and as a possibility. And and maybe that's the 3D chess that Kyle Shanahan is playing right now. And we're all sitting there in, in wonder. I guess my thought is, and here's here's the thing that I think you have to remember, if even with Matt Ryan's contract, I'm still not convinced that they aren't going to take a quarterback. I still think they see an opportunity to grab somebody who can take over for the future once Matt Ryan is gone. If you're sitting there at four and San Francisco takes Kyle Pitts, you're not trading four to the Broncos so the Broncos can draft Justin Fields. You're drafting Justin Fields. You're going, oh my gosh, we had no idea this was going to fall in our laps. Thank you. And I don't see any way that any team that isn't drafting third or fourth in this round is going to get Justin Fields. And so at that point, the Denver Broncos do have to start looking at a Penny Sewell or a Patrick Sertan or even a Micah Parsons, who I know comes with some baggage. But you've, you've got to start looking at what are other ways that we can make this team better. I'm not convinced it's Trey Lance, not because he's not got a high ceiling. I think he does but I'm not sure that his starting point is any different than drew locks is right now. And if you're going to go with Trey Lance, to me, that feels like you might as well just stick with what you have in drew lock. I can't believe I just said that, but I did. I'm not, I'm not sold on Mac Jones just because I don't think that he's got the, he, I just don't think he has the same ability as a Justin Fields. I don't think I have him rated as high as Trey Lance either. And to me, Mac Jones is a guy who super high floor but pretty low ceiling. Right, he's going to come in and give you a, a, a maybe a slight upgrade, but not enough to make you go, oh well, we should we should pump money into this. But then again, that is a first round quarterback, and then you go back to the whole having that first round contract that you control for a long period of time, and that is an advantage. That is something that could work out in your favor. And I know a few years ago we sort of laughed about the idea of some people saying, well, you should have taken Locke in the first round so that you could control his contract. And then we thought, well, that's silly. Why would you do that? you got Locke and Noah Fant. Well, now you look at it and go, it sure would be nice to have a quarterback on a rookie contract for a while longer. And so that's what you're looking to do. And I, I, I do see that as a possibility. But I think you end up going position player or you trade back. Get that draft capital. Let, let the draft come to you. Uh, you might not even make a pick in the first round. You may decide to, to go way back. And, and just keep trading until your 2022 draft looks insane.
3: In terms of Justin Fields, Andrew Mason had a tweet where he referenced Pro Football Focus, who has said that Justin Fields is like a mini Cam Newton. And that might be the case. I think Justin Fields is a better quarterback at this point than Cam Newton was coming out of Auburn. I think Justin Fields is way more accurate than Cam Newton has ever been in his career. But Andrew Mason made a, a a great point. Mike Shula was the guy who developed Cam Newton into the quarterback that he eventually became an MVP and led the Panthers to a Super Bowl. He's now the Broncos quarterback coach. So if they have the chance to get Justin Fields, you would think that Mike Shula would be able to do what he was able to do with Cam Newton in Carolina. So what is really going to determine this draft is what Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, and the San Francisco 49ers do at number three. I think the ideal scenario is they pick Mac Jones. All the talk about how they're they're using that pick, they trade it up to, to the number three pick to get Mac Jones. That would be the ideal situation. I think if that happens, I would not be surprised on draft day if George Payton made a call to Fontenot with the Falcons and said, let's do this. And they make a move, they swap picks, maybe a player, maybe a future draft pick, and George Payton moves up to four to get Justin Fields. But that's only because the 49ers took Mac Jones.
2: All right. I like it. I, I like your I like your head on that one. I think that's a that's a, a good spot there. Now the next question becomes, and again, this will be something we get a little bit more in depth with uh, Trevor Sickema of the Draft Network next week uh, when he's on the show. We got it all set up. It's going to be fun. Uh, love having Trevor on. Talk about barbecue. Talk about Talladega, or no, I guess it's not Talladega, but Talladega Nights for sure because uh, he's a he's he got to drive a NASCAR. But we'll also be going into the draft and going much deeper than just the first round, which is really, that's, that's about where Ian and I stop as far as expertise. But I guess the question then becomes, and I I know that you like me, we probably see all these mock drafts and you see all these different players names and things like that. Actually, I
3: don't, (laughs) I, I pay no attention to mock drafts.
2: I always click on them and go, wait, who, who, who are we going with? All right. Oh, that's interesting. Whatever. Are there positions that you see the Broncos needing to focus on? And I think that's something that I, I'm curious to see what Trevor says when we have him on. But I am also curious prior to that to kind of get your feel for are there positions that the Denver Broncos should be focused on going and getting to make the team better, or is is it really more a, a situation where they defensively they're pretty set as far as talent goes? Offensively, I think again they're still they're they're. I think they're pretty set offensively as well. It's more about the quarterback, but is there a place that you would want them to sort of focus on just building that depth? Well,
3: in terms of depth edge and secondary, whether it's safety or cornerback, because all three of those positions, you can never have enough, enough depth, middle linebacker. I, I think that is a position that we have talked about since Al Wilson left since forever. Um, so that would be one. And I think offensive tackle. I think, yes, Gary Bowles is no doubt the left tackle, but there's still a question at right tackle. And I, I I still, as I've said multiple times, I think Juwan James can be the player that John Elway and the Broncos envisioned when they signed him to that big contract a few years ago. But there's still a question there, and you still have question about depth. So that would those would be the positions that I think. And then I'll throw out running back. I, I've mentioned – uh, potentially at the end of the first round, early second round, you you take Najee Harris from Alabama. I think him and this offense could be a lot of fun. So those would be the positions that I think they would look at.
2: Yeah, I, li- I do like the running back idea. You know how I feel about middle linebacker, obviously, and I, I do think that they're – Probably going to be looking for for some depth at linebacker uh for several reasons. I, I do I do like the idea of a running back in the second round. I, I, I know that there are some out there that are are adamantly against taking a running back in the first round. I think I agree with that statement. I also understand the idea that you do need somebody to pair with Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon is was good for the Denver Broncos in 2020, but he also has a tendency to put the ball on the ground. He is Uh, he's good around the goal line, but, but between the twenties is a little scary to, to me. So if you can get a guy who can be good between the twenties, that, that can actually be a running back that can, that can run between the tackles that can do the things that Philip Lindsay really couldn't do in this offense. And I'm not taking a shot at Philip Lindsay. I thought what Philip Lindsay did was, was fine. I have no problem with the type of player that he is, he just didn't fit into the offense that they run in Denver, meaning he's gonna go hopefully find himself success somewhere else. But if that's the offense you're gonna run, you gotta find a running back that's gonna be able to fit in that and pair with Melvin Gordon in a way that can be successful. So uh Najee Harris would be great. I think running back's a, a spot that I look at. I I also look at cornerback and see that, you know, with Kyle Fuller on a one year deal, uh, Michael O'Jamudie showed some talent in 2020 but again that's a place where you want to build depth that's a place where you want to have guys in waiting in the wings especially with injury concerns and that's the other thing that you have to talk about with this Broncos team the injury concerns in the secondary with uh Bryce Callahan and uh, Ronald Darby and you know there's there's going to be uh, a thought there that that might be an issue and you never know who's going to get injured that's the other thing with the NFL it's it's a contact sport, and you never know what's going to happen. And so you've got to build that depth in those important positions. So those would be the places you would go, I assume. Uh, I'd love to hear some names. I, I Again, I, I keep plugging that Trevor show because it's, it's always one of my favorite shows because uh, he's, he's going to come correct with some serious names, and he's going to have players that the Broncos should be targeting. And uh, I'm going to write them down as he goes and then lose the paper because that's usually what happens.
3: But I will say, as we have – We've done this show with Trevor multiple times over the last couple of years, but there's still that giant hole. The biggest need for this team is and will remain quarterback. And I get that people don't want to talk about it. I get that there are Drew Locke stands out there who think that they're going to, the Broncos are going to run it back and he's going to have this Josh Allen esque leap, which is unlikely because it hasn't happened that often. It's incredibly, go back to the beginning of the show. It's even less likely if he's not working out for OTAs with his teammates, but the hole is still quarterback. It doesn't matter what they do at these other positions if you still have that big question mark, which is why so many Broncos fans want George Payton to go get Justin Fields.
1: You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com and as always go broncos